morning. As a part of the ASP, they often do a call and response, God is good, so we'll try it this morning. God is good all the time. And so when I say God is good, you say all the time, and then I say all the time, you say God is good. We'll try it again. God is good all the time. And all the time. God is good. Hallelujah. We welcome you here to the Church of Christ Congregational for this morning's worship service. After the service, we invite you to come downstairs for a time of coffee and fellowship. We extend a special welcome to any visitors that we have, and we invite everyone to sign the pew register that can be found in the black book in each pew. I do want to call attention to a few announcements. First and foremost, we have a wonderful concert this afternoon beginning at 4 o'clock. Our own Peter Needman is exquisite on the, on the organ, and he's going to do an organ concert. And I invite you all to come and enjoy and listen and relax and allow your soul to be fed and nourished during this time. And we thank Peter for putting in all the time and effort for this concert. Um, also, I want to call um, your attention to an offering envelope and a flyer in the bulletin. This is our Neighbors in Need offering. Um, there are about five different offerings. Our church does four different offerings during the year for the United Church of Christ, the UCC, which is our denomination. And this one is Neighbors in Need, and it says no child should go to bed hungry, and it believes it helps Um, live out our belief in acts of service. So if you can take note of this offering, here is an envelope if you are willing to contribute in any way. Um, Also uh, want to highlight that in two weeks we'll be having a healing service following the service, our regular service. It's about 10-minute service. We just stay in the sanctuary afterwards. And if you'd like healing for yourself or someone else, Please plan to stay and um, be with us during that time. Next Saturday is our big walkathon for uh, walk away homelessness for Family Promise, and we um, invite you. you can still sign up to walk. And we have been giving a, given a challenge grant that if you are a non walker, there is a contributor from our congregation that said they'll match up to a thousand dollars of anybody, any non-walkers donation. So there is a table out in, outside the Narthex. If you'd like to donate, um, you can donate up till next Sunday is our cutoff day. So if you didn't bring it today, you can bring it next Sunday or you can give it today or send it into the church, however you do it. Um, we appreciate it and it will be doubled um, by a generous uh, donor and we thank them for that. I did want to highlight we had uh, two deaths in our church family this past week. Two longtime members. One was Bethany Gray. She passed away last Sunday. The services were for her were on Friday. And then Steve Kazoin, who is also a longtime member, he passed away um, on Thursday, and his service is tomorrow. So we ask that you please keep the Gray family and the Kazoyan family in your prayers as they grieve and mourn this loss of theirs. Let us join together in worship. Please join me in our call to worship. Come before the God of steadfast love. Come with testimony and with song. 
come to the joy of worship together. Will you join me in our confession of sin? Gracious God, we come before you as bearers of faith for which we are not always known. Sometimes we shrink from the gift entrusted to us as if it is part of ourselves, as if passing trivialities matters more, as if faith has no real weight scheme of things. Forgive us our faithfulness. Forgive us turning your gifts. Call us back to you today and every day. Amen. In our lives, we do things, say things, think things that build walls of separation between us and others, between us and God, and even within ourselves. But in our condition of separation, we hear words of healing, words of hope, words we meet face to face in Jesus Christ. And those words are that we are loved with God's everlasting love, that we are of infinite value just as we are, and that we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. to show you. Can you see what it is? Seeds is correct. Does anyone know what kind of seeds they are? They are mustard seeds. And the interesting thing, do you see how tiny they are? Really tiny. I probably have a hundred in this little baggie. The interesting thing about mustard seeds is that even if they're, even though they are so, so tiny, if you plant just one of these seeds, in good soil, it can grow into a tree eight to 10 feet tall. And how many days? I don't know how many days, that's a good question. <laughs> but I was about to say mini peanut butter balls. They are not mini peanut butter balls. They look like that a little bit, but they can grow into a tree eight to 10 feet tall, which is pretty, pretty tall, right? From a little tiny seed like this. Jesus once used seeds just like this to tell a story. And the type of story he told was a parable. That's a special kind of story that teaches a lesson. And Jesus was trying to teach a lesson about faith. Because some of his followers, some of Jesus' friends, were worried that they didn't have enough faith. So they came to Jesus and said, help us get more faith. Help us to be more faithful. And Jesus didn't say, no, you're on your own. Go grow your faith. He said, 
even if you only have faith as big as a mustard seed, if you put your faith in God, God will help you do great things. Is that what's on the front? Are those mustard seeds? Those are mustard seeds right there. Oh, on here? Those are mustard seeds too. That's right. Uh, They are mustard seeds, yes. If you held one of these seeds in your hand, do you think it would grow into anything? If you kept it in this lunch bag that I have it in, do you think it would grow into anything? Where do you think we have to plant our seeds of faith? In the ground. In the ground, yes, if we want them to grow into trees. But where, where should we put our faith? It it, well, maybe it would grow a little bit if we put soil in the baggie. That's a good point. But if we put our faith in God, God will help us do great things. That's the lesson Jesus was trying to teach us. If we put our faith in God, even if our faith is as tiny as a mustard seed, he will help us do great things. So we can put our faith in God by coming to worship on Sunday, by going to church school, by saying our prayers. That's another great way to put our faith in God. So can we try saying a prayer together? Like we often do before we go to church school. Let's try this one. Dear God... Help us to remember that even though we are small, we are important in your eyes. Help us to put our faith in you so that you can help it grow and grow. Can we say amen together? Amen. All right, let's go downstairs.
Good morning. The Old Testament reading this morning can be found on page 848 in your Pew Bible. We're reading from the book of Lamentations, chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. How lonely sits the city that once was full of people. How like a widow she has become, she that was great among the nations. She was she that was a princess among the provinces has become a vassal. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has no one to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into exile with suffering and hard servitude. She lives now among the nations and finds no resting place. Her pursuers have all overtaken her in the midst of her distress. The roads to Zion mourn, for no one comes to the festivals. All her gates are desolate, her priests groan. Her young girls grieve, and her lot is bitter. Her foes have become the masters. Her enemies prosper, because the Lord has made her suffer for the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone away captives before the foe. From daughter Zion has departed all her majesty. Her princes have become like stags that find no pasture. They fled without strength before the pursuer. The gospel reading is found on page 82 in your pew uh, pew Bible. We're reading from the book of Luke, chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave, who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here at once and take your place at at the table? Would you not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done.
Someone asked me recently, they said, don't you get tired? My answer was yes, all the time. I get all tired all the time. And that's one reason that I love to sleep. In fact, I really love to sleep, especially when there are nights like last night and it was kind of crisp and cool. You get up the window open, there'd be a nice breeze, and you snuggle together with all the blankets. I love to sleep. In fact, I'm one of those people that often will hit the snooze button in the morning. Yet sometimes I get tired, and I sleep, and I wake up, and I'm still tired. I get tired of hearing about all the violence that happens in our society. I get tired of reading the newspaper and hearing of the trauma like the train crash that happened in New Jersey. It's sad and scary and painful. And I get tired of hearing about the disparity in our country of those who have way more than enough and those who just struggle to get by. I get tired of hearing about all the lives that are torn apart by addiction. I'm tired of hearing about the terrorism that happens worldwide. I had a dinner with a friend this past week who was Lebanese, and part of her family still lives in Lebanon, and she'd like to go visit them, especially as her parents are getting elderly. Yet her family lives in the red zone of ISIS, where the government recommends absolutely no travel. So what is she to do? All of it creates a heaviness within our hearts. All the pain and the struggle creates a weight within us, or at least it creates a weight within me. So I sympathize with the disciples in today's gospel lesson when they asked Jesus, Increase our faith. The disciples had left homes and jobs and families in order to follow Jesus. It had not been easy. In fact, they encountered hostility from many who opposed Jesus. Still, they stuck around. And Jesus had been asking of them some fairly extraordinary things to give away all their possessions, to forgive those who had wronged them, and then forgive again and again, and to take up the cross and more. I imagine they, too, were perhaps feeling tired, feeling inadequate to the tasks at hand, insufficient to the challenges, unable to imagine accomplishing any of what Jesus was asking them. And so they respond by saying, Jesus, increase our faith. In some ways, they were saying, please, Jesus, we need it now more than ever. They wanted help to get through. Perhaps they were wondering, can I really do this? Their plea rings true with a bit of desperation, tapping into their doubts and their fears. The disciples' request gives voice to those times in our lives when we just need Jesus to make things easier, when we need answers. It gives voice to our desire for kind of the quickest way to the end. It gives voice to when we just want to get done and be done.
It gives voice to those moments when we are tired of thinking and just need assurance. It gives voice to wanting quick solutions instead of making the effort that is necessary to discover the root cause. It gives voice to our desire for certainty. Come on, Jesus. Just increase our faith and make it easier for everyone. Now, my first reaction, if people came to me and said, increase our faith, I would say, absolutely. You know, what a wonderful thing to want or desire. Of course, here you go. But obviously, I am not God, and I am not Jesus, and I don't even know how you would imagine to kind of quantify faith. You know, how would you package it up? How would you give this faith? Instead, Jesus said to them, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry bush, be uprooted and planted in the seed, and it would obey you. In some ways, it almost seems like Jesus kind of retorts them as he says this, and And he doesn't seem to give them any easy answers. Instead, he makes them wonder and ponder. He kind of wakes them up and makes them pay attention. Basically, Jesus is saying that you have the faith you need. Trust me, we're in this together. You have it in you. You have, if you just have this one teeny, tiny, little seed, All things are possible. Now, we typically think that an act of faith needs to be some big, grandiose thing. Needs to be significant or costly or even extravagant to merit God's attention or even to give ourselves any credit. And I don't think that's what God is saying here. I believe God is saying that all the little things you do, day in and day out, also can make a huge difference. So don't give up. You've got it in you. When we read the headlines and see the news of more shootings or more injustice or more war, it can seem like there is no hope and we get tired. Yet all around us, We do have signs of hope, of God continuing to love and care for this world, even and especially through the simple, ordinary, even mundane acts of faithfulness that we do each day. And we need to hold on to these signs of hope. One for me is our own Elizabeth Castriva. She walks around Newington all the time. She rides her bike around Newington all the time. And when she does this, she is picking up all the garbage and the litter of other people. I saw her the other day riding her bike. She stopped, got off her bike, picked up some garbage, then got back on her bike and continued on. And I thought, what an inspiration. It may be a little thing, but it's also a huge thing. And so it's important to know that you are enough. 
and that your faith is enough, that your faith is more than adequate for the tasks at hand. Believe in yourself, and together, us and God can make a difference. Now, faith is not found in the mighty acts of heaven, but in the ordinary, everyday acts of doing what needs to be done, responding to the needs around us, and caring for the people who come our way. I imagine that Jesus would call many of the unnoticed things we do each week as faithful. For example, showing up to work and doing a good job, putting in good effort, listening when someone needs to talk, getting the kids off to school, sitting with someone in the cafeteria who looks like they need a friend, volunteering at a homeless shelter, voting even if the field of candidates seems discouraging, balancing the books for a community group, writing a thank you note, sitting and reading to your child or grandchild, cooking supper, praying for a neighbor who's having a hard time, and the list could go on. And that's the point. None of these is any big deal. And yet, if these kinds of acts, it is these kinds of acts that occupy so much of our lives. Faith is found in the ordinary and everyday acts of doing what needs to be done, seeing what needs to be doing, and responding. Responding to the needs around us and caring for the people who come our way. I heard a story about an old man from Denmark, and he had an interesting view of his relationship between the mustard seed and faith. He said that early in in the 1940s, the Germans were experimenting with extracting an oil from the mustard plants. And they would pick the plants and then put them through a process that would pulverize and squeeze the juice out of the plant. And that done, they would reprocess the remains to be used for cattle field feed. They chopped up what was left, they formed cakes, baked the cakes to dry them out, and then used them to feed the cattle. The cows then chewed on the cakes, passed the mulch through their multiple of stomachs, and then pooped out what was left. The problem for the farmer was that where the poop dropped, mustard plants grew. (laughs) The old Danish friend suggested that the size of the mustard seed should not be thought of in terms of mass, but of endurance. And great faith is not a matter of quantity, but of endurance. Um, The little mustard seed endured the trials of mulching and pressing and chopping and baking, being eaten and passing through all those stomachs, and it still endured. I often think this is what we need when we are feeling overwhelmed, when we are unsure about the future, when we have the worries of the world on our hearts. What we really need is faith. 
the size of a mustard seed, to endure and to remind us to hold on to each little seed of hope, no matter how small. And when the disciples asked, increase our faith, they did not say, increase my faith. It's important to remember, we do none of this alone. And that's one of the reasons we come together and acknowledge that we need the community to support us, to lift us up, and to encourage us. We all get tired, but thanks be to God. We have the opportunity to gather, to be renewed, to be nurtured, and sustained in our faith. We are enough, our faith is enough, and all things are possible. Amen. Let us turn our hearts to God in a time of silent prayer. As we turn to you in prayer, O oh God, we are grateful that you hear the prayer of every heart and ask that you allow your spirit to touch each one here, that they will be renewed in hope, that they will be sustained in their faith, and we can go forth in courage and strength believing and proclaiming your word of love. And as we gather, O oh God, we lift up the prayers of the people, and we pray for Donna Dickerson. We pray for George and Ruth, who are transitioning into assisted living. We lift up Marvin, who is hospitalized. And we pray for the Highcrest School community. Allow your spirit of love and comfort to be with them. We pray for Curtis, a co-worker's husband with congestive heart failure, who will have a procedure done this week. May your healing hand be with him. We pray for a friend, Don, who's just diagnosed with lung cancer. We pray for Sarah Croft and for Francis Mastraco, the grandma of Bella Pursuity, recovering from multiple heart attacks. We lift up prayers for healing for Ray and Rich and all those challenged and suffering from addiction and mental illness. And God, we remember our young friend, Brian Spilecki, who departed this earthly life yesterday in Australia. May God's loving and caring arms hold his family and friends at this difficult time. God, we thank you that as we come to you, all we need is a little seed of faith, and you can work wonders in our lives. So we come before you, and we ask to nurture that seed of faith in us, that we can grow and mature and become the people that you have called us to be. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
stewardship, we look at how we, as members of this church, work together to be stewards of God's grace. We pray and think about how we're each going to share the abundance we have and, with God's love, make a difference. When I was a kid, I was taught that giving was better than receiving, and I still believe this, and I think that you do too. Over the past decade, it's become popular for people to do random acts of kindness. The kindness can be mowing a neighbor's lawn, shoveling a sidewalk, or paying for a stranger's cup of coffee. Jesus taught us to help our neighbors. God wants us to share our abundance, and today I want to talk with you about how your financial contributions support the pastoral care and acts of kindness of our church of God's love, and how your support makes a difference. We have a wonderful pastoral care program. It starts with the leadership of Reverend Enfield, and over the course of a year, she provides over 200 pastoral visits. She visits families who are grieving the loss of a loved one, and church members who are homebound or fighting illnesses. At times of tragedy, she is there. Perhaps you, in time of need, had been the beneficiary of pastoral care. Oftentimes, it could be a day of the week that one of us stops her in the hallway or stops in her office for a dependable pair of ears. She stops what she's doing and provides the the listening and the empathy that we need at that given moment. We also have a caring ministry team who support and visit members as well. Church volunteers reach out to others in need, visiting at home, meeting for coffee and conversation, taking time to do errands, and helping in numerous other ways, and making a difference in people's lives. Additionally, our deacons visit and deliver approximately 150 flowers at Christmas and Easter. The volunteers speak of how much their interaction with others is meaningful to them. Recipients of the care express gratitude for the comfort brought by their time together, and it reminds them that no matter where they are in life, they are never alone. They are always wrapped in the warm embrace of God's love. Speaking of warm embraces, we have faithful knitters who make beautiful prayer shawls and baby blankets. In one year, we estimate that 250 church members and friends received a prayer shawl or a baby blanket. The deacons often receive touching thank you notes from people who received a prayer shawl and how special it is to receive and feel the warm hug of God's love. Each of these acts touches the lives of others. I think we all participate in pastoral care at some level by giving and receiving a hug from a special friend, by preparing a meal for someone who needs it, or making a call to a friend going through a tough time. Here at Church of Christ, we support over 600 people with our pastoral uh, care programs alone. 
As you know, there are expenses with all of these programs supported by our financial pledges. As our commitment and personal pledges grow, so too can this very important, life-changing part of the Church's ministry. In the upcoming weeks, you'll hear more about the impact your pledge makes to others in our community, with God's love making a difference. Thank you, Nancy. At this time, we stand and we greet one another in the name of Christ. wonderful opportunity to respond to God. We will receive this morning's offering.
Dear Lord, thank you so much for the generosity of the people and for these donations. And thank you for the love and the fellowship and the sense of oneness that we feel when we're here together. Gray skies could never dampen the goodness and enthusiasm that flows out of this church. Help us to discern the best use of the donations so that we can help as many people as possible. Amen. table. All who are discouraged and overwhelmed, come to the table. All who are just tired and need to be revived in their faith, come to the table. Come to this table to be in the presence of our great and holy God. This is the joyful feast of the people of God. And on this World Communion Sunday, we gather with people all over the world 
to remember and to celebrate the love and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So come to the table to be connected with your brothers and sisters here in this room and your brothers and sisters around the world to be nourished and sustained in our faith. Let us pray. Gracious God, we acknowledge that sometimes we do indeed get tired and we just want the easy way out. Sometimes we get tired and have a a hard time handling everything on our plate. So we come before you this aid, asking you to bless this bread and this cup, that your spirit may be present. And as we eat and drink together, we may be renewed in the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. We give you thanks for the gift of Jesus. We give you thanks for the Holy Spirit that is with us and leads us and defends us and gathers us from every people to unite us in one holy church. Therefore, with the entire company of saints in heaven and earth, we worship and glorify you, God most holy. in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
body of Christ, broken for you. After the same manner, also he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the meaning of the Lord's death until he comes to again. Ministering to you in Jesus' name, I offer you this cup.
the blood of Christ shed for you. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for the gift of our Savior's presence in the simplicity and the splendor of this holy meal. Unite us all with those who are fed by Christ's body and blood, that we may faithfully proclaim the good news of your love, and that your universal church may be a rainbow of hope in an uncertain world. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Thank you.